Welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Your hosts are here to speak the words of the spirits and answer your questions. Now, here are Connie and Barry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. I'm Barry Strom, your host, and welcome to the most unique show on radio. I use my gift of spirit communication to talk to dead people and educate all who will listen to the miracle of the afterlife. We currently have over 510 videos on our YouTube channel. We cover all aspects of the paranormal and life after death. The channel's in my name, Barry Strom. And I'm Connie Strom, your co-host. Last week, we discussed the violence between religions. Our special guest was a Christian minister, Sanjay Darla from India. He lives with the violence every day between the Hindu extremists and the Christians. The show is available in the Voice America archives and on our YouTube channel. Today, we're going to do something very unusual for us. Sunday night on our other radio show, Channeling History on the Para-X Radio Network, we channeled the spirits of Helen Keller and Ann Sullivan. At the age of 19 months, Helen Keller was stricken with an illness that left her blind and deaf at that small, tender age of 19 months. With the aid of her teacher and lifelong friend, Ann Sullivan, she became a lecturer, an author, activist for people with disabilities, and much more. We were so impressed by their story of overcoming such incredible obstacles in their lives that we've invited them here today to give our listeners on Voice America the opportunity to hear about their amazing lives. See, we will open our phone lines on the third segment of the show. If you'd like to ask either one of the spirits a question, our phone number is 866-472-5788. We're going to begin our show this morning by channeling with the spirit of Helen Keller. It's hard for any of us to imagine what she went through. Her deafness did not allow her to speak since she could not learn words from hearing them. Helen, thank you for returning and speaking with us. You've been such, you're such an inspiration to all of us that heard you on Sunday. Uh, would you like to begin with this message? Yes. First of all, I would like to thank you so much for allowing me to return. It was the first time that I'd had an opportunity to speak to humans since I'd passed. But, of course, my whole life I had trouble speaking, so really there was not much change. I hope that the listeners today understand just how difficult it is for people with disabilities. There are many disabilities. I had a very difficult time in my life. I had never seen the light of day. I could not hear anything from my entire life. I had problems speaking because I had no way to emulate other people's speech. All of the things that a person without disabilities had or has, I did not have. What I had was a very strong desire. I wanted to overcome. First, I had to realize what I needed to do to overcome. I want each of you 
out there to imagine what it is like to not understand or know any of the objects that surround you. I did not know anything. It was so difficult as a child. I did not have any idea who the people were around me, what was taking place, if someone was speaking to me or not. I had no way to tell my parents that I was hungry, that I needed a diaper changed. It was, I was living in total darkness. The darkness was so expansive that I had absolutely no idea what the objects were around me. I could not have told you if there was a water glass sitting. I did not know the name of anything. It was, it was an incredible test. But God sent me the means to overcome. He will send all of you the means to overcome any difficulties in your life as well. So I thank you for allowing me to come back, and I hope that I will be able to help others through this. That's our hope as well. Uh, so, Helen, you were born in 1880. How were people with severe disabilities treated in those days? People with severe disabilities were often simply put into asylums. There were no truly organized ways of government to take care of those people. There were very few institutions of learning to teach people with disabilities. There was only one acknowledged school for the blind at the time. There were many places that individuals tried to teach people that were blind, but there were none that were truly able to teach those of us that could not hear to go along with our blindness. Individuals that are just blind, and I use that word advisedly, it, I do not mean to simplify it, but if an individual is blind, they can at least hear and know what is going on around them. Many have very acute hearing to help compensate them. When a person cannot hear along with that blindness, it incredibly complicates their lives. Absolutely. You lived a normal childhood for 19 months. Do you remember having sight or hearing during that early period of your life? No, I do not remember any of it. I do know that I did have a period of normality. My parents, once I learned to count to speak with them, told me about that, but I have absolutely no memory of it. Would you please tell us what life was like during that period after your illness? It's very difficult to describe when you know nothing and are living in total darkness. It is 
it's overwhelming. In the past, I've described it as an animal living in a dark closet. If you cannot hear, you do not have any idea what objects are around you. I was a child. Imagine being three, four, five years old and having absolutely no comprehension of what is taking place around you. I would react by making sounds, by screaming, by throwing temper tantrums, because I was so frustrated. As I said before, when I would be hungry, there was no way to let my parents know when my diaper needed changed. When I wanted anything that I wanted, there was no way that I could pass on that desire. So I was like a caged animal. It was, it was a terrible, terrible time. And there is no way that anyone can ever truly understand my frustrations. Yeah, you did not meet Ann Sullivan, who became your teacher, until you were seven. How would you describe your behavior and personality during those early years before you met Anne? A caged, blind animal. That's what I was. That's probably the only way that I can describe it. When you have no means of communicating, when you do not even know a word that you can speak, when you have darkness around you, when you have no possible way in your mind to ever realize the realities of what is taking place. It is a total frustration. And I behaved as an animal. Did you have other teachers during those years before you met Anne? Yes, my parents tried to bring other people in to try to help me. But my state was so help hopeless that they would become frustrated and leave. So how did Ann Sullivan come into your life? Ann had graduated from School for the Blind, and she wanted to help others. She was partially blind. She did not have the extreme disability that I did, and she applied for the job. In the beginning, she was as frustrated as the other teachers, but there were breakthroughs, and she proved that it truly was possible to be a miracle worker. Yeah, would you please describe Ann Sullivan for us? Ann was an immensely loving person. She truly wanted to help others. She knew that she had a disability herself, being partially blind, but she could hear, she could speak. So she didn't have all of the other difficulties that I did. She was very, very intelligent. She knew, had some idea of what I was going through. She was familiar with different types of sign. Keep in mind that in the late 1800s, Braille was just beginning. There were very few books available. But she realized that I could and was a very bright learner. She 
came up with different techniques. Her great intelligence was basically what brought me through. What did Anne do that was different from your other teachers? Anne was different because she had a true understanding, having a disability herself. She had gone through many problems. She was not from a affluent background. She understood truly that there were things that needed to be done for me alone that were unique. She simply was a loving and intelligent person that was willing to compromise in her teaching methods and had my health and learning as a 100% goal for her. Was there such a thing as a breakthrough moment when Anne began your instruction? I think what you would consider a breakthrough moment was when she introduced me to the concept of water. Now, that seems very simple, something that everybody would realize. But I was eight years old and did not understand water. She took my hand and she poured it across my the palm and I felt the coldness and the wetness. Then she took her finger and she made letters on the palm of my hand. She actually tried to spell out water so that I would have something to relate to it. She would repeat this and I would understand that what she was doing represented something. She did it with other objects and eventually I came to understand some of the things that were shapes and forms around me. Since you were deaf, you could not hear words that were spoken. How did you learn to speak? I could hear and feel vibrations. I would put my fingers on people's lips and have them speak a word. I could put my fingers on their voice box and the vibrations. I would have them speak a word and feel the vibration. It was very, very difficult for me. But as I acquired the basics, I found that I could expand what I was doing. And there were actually speech therapists that helped me. So it was very difficult, but I truly learned. Were there any schools available where you could attend and learn? There were. There were places, but they were not anything like what we're seeing today that's available. Radcliffe College of Harvard University accepted me and convinced them that I was capable of learning and that she would be with me every moment. She passed on the words. She would instill in me the way to remember things. When possible, she would use Braille. It was it was an incredible feat on the part of Anne that she'd managed to allow me to learn enough that I could graduate. Yeah, you were the first deafblind person in the United States to earn a Bachelor of Arts degree. How did you accomplish that feat? That took it, a lot of work. It was simply through Anne's effort and how hard she worked 
to give me the information. She would go with me to lectures. She would write down the words that were spoken, and then she would use signs. She would do many things to try to get the information to me. Thank God that I was given the gift of high intelligence so that I could retain it. I accomplished exactly what God sent me back to do. He gave me a great burden to overcome, and through Anne's help, I was able to do it. How did you absorb the information necessary to graduate from a college? I mean, that's a lot of information. I, I could see and, and hear, and I still had difficulties. It was, I was gifted in, with my intellectual abilities. I had, my illnesses did not affect my mind or my memory. What was important was that I was given the opportunity to learn. And I made the most of that opportunity. Okay, let's take a short break here. We'll be back in a minute, and we're going to continue our conversation with the spirit of Helen Keller. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Here are your hosts, Connie and Barry Strom. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. We're channeling with the spirit of Helen Keller, one of the most amazing spirits that we've ever had on our show. So, Connie, we've got some more questions for her. Yeah, Helen, as you watch from the other side, 
what do you believe the government should be doing to better educate and help individuals with severe disabilities? Since the time of my life, the government has done much to improve facilities for training. What they have not done is they have not provided an easy path for people to become educated as teachers for people with disabilities. My suggestion to government would be that they would provide a free education for anyone that wants to dedicate their lives to helping people with severe problems. If the government provided them a free education, they would be much more inclined to spend the time. Educations have become so expensive today that many cannot afford to invest in an education in which it will be so poorly paid. I would also suggest that the government steps in and assures a decent standard of living for those teachers. They have to realize that anybody working with people dis with disabilities is dedicating their lives to a very, very difficult project. People want to learn. They need individuals that will provide housing for people. And importantly, they need the ability to plan for the later life for these people with disabilities. Many parents do not have the ability to build up enough net wealth, especially in today's economy, to provide for long-term care after, their pass after the passing of the parents. The government should provide adequate information, adequate planning, and adequate facilities to care for these people. People with disabilities also need to be trained. They need to earn the ability to pay their own way in life. Job training is incredibly important. Keep in mind that these people often have very low esteem. They feel that others are looking down at them. They feel that they're leading a life with no hope. The government needs to do many things, but providing adequate individuals to train and to help these, these people with disabilities live a normal life, that is what the government should do. Why do you think the government doesn't do a better job helping these people? People with disabilities have a hard time speaking out for themselves. They need advocates. There are many people that are advocating for the disabled today, but they do not have the ability to hire expensive lobbyists to make huge donations to the politicians so that they will do more for them. I think the fact that they have a limited ability to speak for themselves in today's political environment is probably the greatest reason they do not do more. When it comes to allocation of funds, the people that pay the most to influence the politicians get the most money. Sadly, that's true. Why did you select a life plan with such extreme disabilities? 
I wanted to have a life plan in which I could set an example and help others. I felt that if I gave myself a very difficult life plan, then God would look very favorably upon me if I could accomplish it. I knew that it was going to be very difficult before I came back. Keep in mind that no matter how difficult a life plan is, it's a very short period of time compared to the life of your soul, which is everlasting. So a human life is really quite short when you're over here and look at it. It will seem incredibly long when you're living it, but the realities are much different. Is such a life plan with severe disabilities a result of karma from a prior life or free will of the soul? In my case, it was free will. And also decided to come back with me. So I knew that I would have an assistant and we had a plan on how to carry out the problems that I was going to be facing. It is also possible that an individual has lived a very evil life and that one of the karmas they have to pay would be severe disabilities in future lifetimes. So it can be either one, but believe me, in my case, it was a choice of free will. Yeah. Uh, the movie The Miracle Worker told the story of you and Anne's life. The stars of the movie were Patty Duke and Anne Bancroft. What is your opinion of the movie and, and how they played your roles? They were incredible. I think that the movie may have even understated some of the problems that I faced, but it was it was a great way of showing people just what can be overcome in their lives. I think that Patty Duke did a wonderful job of playing my problems as a, as a young child. And Anne Bancroft was wonderful in her role as well. So I, we were very, very pleased with the movie as we watched it from this side. What would you tell a person living with a severe disability today? I would tell them to have faith. They need to build a strong belief in God, and they have to believe that help will, he will provide for them. They also need to understand why they probably have that disability, and that was because it's a lesson they need to be learned. We're told that evil people are sent to a lower level of nothingness and darkness. Do you think your life compares to the conditions of the lower level? My early life, I would compare as, I would describe as hell. But the lowest level of heaven is a place of nothingness. There is no sound. There are no other individuals that can come into contact with that soul. And that soul has to contemplate on its own in that environment what it did and how it would like to pay back the karma when they return. So in reality, what I went through is nothing compared to the lowest level. People that are living these incredibly evil lives should consider my story and think that that is but a small part of what they will be facing when they return. Hmm. If you could have a meeting with the President of the United States, what would you tell him? I would tell him that he needs to treat people with disabilities the same as those individuals that have the ability to make huge donations and to pay their way into having monies allocated to them. I would tell them that people with disabilities are equal to any other individuals. They are 
capable of leading wonderful lives. They're capable of supporting themselves. All they need is training. All they need is people to help provide a way for them to succeed. I would tell them that he needs to use common sense in how he allocates funds and that people with disabilities should be treated equally with all other projects that he sees. That is well true. Helen, thank you so much for joining us again. Do you have a final message for us? Yes, I do. I want people with disabilities to understand that it is a way of learning. They need to use their disabilities to make an example for others. They need to show that disabilities are not an end. They need to understand that actually disabilities are an act of God. Many people in their life plans decide that they want to include a disability as a challenge to their life plan. They need to understand that there will be a time that God will reward them from setting an example. Even individuals facing the most difficult of disabilities, as I did, need to understand that there is a light of God that will lead them from the darkness. They cannot let depression overtake them. They have to make up their minds that they're going to lead normal lives and that they are going to not let the disabilities stop them. Many of them are capable of doing great things. Use your disability to set an example for others. Let others know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you for allowing me to speak. I hope that people will listen to my words, especially in providing teachers for the disabled. I hope that all people will understand that everyone is equal, those with disabilities and those that do not have them. All souls are created equal, and when you return home, you will truly understand the equality of God. Thank you, Helen. You're such an inspiration. Okay. Thank you, Helen. That was incredible. Hope somebody pays attention to it. Ann Sullivan was born in 1866 and died in 1936 at the age of 70. She is best known for being the teacher and lifelong companion of Helen Keller. At an age of five, Anne contacted an eye disease and became partially blind. She received her education at the Perkins School for the Blind at the age of 20, became the teacher to Keller. At the age of 35, she suffered another illness and became totally blind herself. She is a wonderful intellect. We thoroughly enjoyed having her on the show the other night. And I know that what she has to say is going to help many, many people. Yes, thank you, Anne, for coming back with us. Would you like to begin with a message for our listeners? Yes, I certainly would. I always thought my, of myself as a teacher. 
I knew that there were many people that needed help. I knew that I was capable of doing much for others. When I was sick and had much vision loss, it was a very difficult time for me. I thought that my life was coming to an end. I was, I was young. I was still a child. I knew that things were going to become much more difficult. My parents were not of great financial means. I tried different places. The government did not provide. There were private institutions, small ones. They would try to help on a, on a small level. Finally, I was accepted at Perkins. That was the premier school at the time for teaching the blind. I was blessed that I still had hearing. I was blessed that I could still speak. So even with impaired vision, it was possible for me to gain a good education. When I graduated from Perkins, I simply knew that I wanted to help other people with, with severe blindness problems. My disability had helped me understand just what they were going through. I applied to the parents of Helen Keller. They told me that there were many teachers before them and that they did not know what to do, that they feared for her, that she had incredible problems. There was no way she could understand what was going on around her. I applied for the job with them and they accepted me because I, I think they knew that with, through my limited vision, I would share some of the understanding. I would hope that individuals understand the challenges that these folks are, cha are facing. Hey, could you go into more, a little more detail about what it was like in the eight, late 1800s to have visual disabilities? About the only thing they would do for you in those days was give you a cane so you could feel what was in front of you. The government did not have safety nets. There were individuals that were attempting to set up institutions to train and to help the people. But as... As Helen said, it was a very, very difficult time. We were, we essentially became pioneers in adv advocating for help for the disabled. It was a time of beginning. It was a time that of the Industrial Revolution, and it was just simply a very, very difficult time to have a disability. Yeah, could you tell us a little more about when you were accepted at the Perkins School for the Blind? It was very difficult. Perkins was the best-known institution for helping people with that were visually impaired. I worked very hard. I was also had a fair level of intelligence, and I proved to them that I could take advantage of of the training that they had. They knew that I was coming from a poor background and they made 
accommodations for me. I was very blessed to have this background so that I could help others. What was it like when you began to teach Helen? It was incredibly frustrating. I initially thought that some of the things that I had been taught at Perkins would help lead her. What I did not realize is she had absolutely no knowledge of what was around her. One time I tried to teach her what a cup was, a simple cup to hold coffee. I put the cup in her hand so that she could feel it and tried to write the word mug on her hand. She was so frustrated, she threw the cup and broke it. It was like she could not understand the reality of anything that was existing around her. I, as she said, the breakthrough moment was when I introduced her to the concept of water. From there on, she started to open her mind. She started to follow some of my methods. She did much from that point on to to learn. She was like a sieve once I could open that door for her. She had an amazing intellect, and that is one of the reasons that we were able to accomplish so much in life. Okay, time to take another small break. We'll be back in a couple minutes, and we'll continue speaking with the teacher of Helen Keller. Connie and Barry will be back after a few words from our sponsors. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Psychic and author Barry Strom has now published nine books dealing with supernatural subject from ghosts to aliens. His most recent books, Messages of God and Messages of the Prophet Muhammad for a Modern World, bring you the channeled messages of the founders of Christianity and Islam. Their words are intended to guide their followers through these modern times. These books are available in softcover and ebook on Amazon.com. Signed copies of all of Strom's books are available on his website, www.barrystrom.com. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Is death the end of the journey of the soul or a time of new beginnings? Is there proof of an afterlife? What would historic figures say if they lived today? Psychic and channeler Barry Strom uses his gift of spirit communication to answer these questions and explore all aspects of the hereafter. Have all the information necessary not to fear life's final journey. Tune in to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife. Have a question for Barry or their guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to this very, very special show. We're speaking with the spirit of Ann Sullivan, 
who was the teacher of Helen Keller. So, Connie, let's continue speaking with Anne. Okay. And you accompanied Helen through all her education. How did your teachings change from elementary to college education? Well, they changed drastically. In the beginning, we were just striving for the most simple of, of advances. Simply keep in mind, just uh, having Helen understand what water was, was a major accomplishment. We taught a basic foundation of information. I started trying to, to work with her on speech. Once she started to acquire the ability to speak simple words, we would go to some speech therapists. And Helen had an amazing ability to advance. I knew what basic information she had to know to get into, into a college. And I progressed in trying to set a foundation of that information. I convinced Harvard that they would, that she was capable of learning. And through my help, she absolutely did that and moved on to have one of the most incredible lives imaginable. There's no arguing with that. Do you think Helen could have accomplished what she did without you? We had set it up in our life plans that I would come back and help her. But I think that if something had happened to me, that she would have still been able to move ahead. She made many other friends that assisted her throughout her life, and there was a time that I could no longer help her. So Helen's incredible intellect would have allowed her to to pursue pretty much whatever she made up her mind to accomplish. How would you describe Helen's personality in her adult life? Obsessed. She wanted to help others. The one thing that she wanted to do was show people that severe disabilities would not be a hurdle that could not be overcome. She traveled around the world speaking and lecturing. Keep in mind, she never was able to see a single spark of brightness. She would see things, I think, in her mind. I know that the guides had to be helping her. They assured her that there would be help before she came back. I believe that she saw things in her third eye, in her mind's eye. But she was just an absolute, absolute miracle. And for her to come from being like an animal in a closet to a world-renowned lecturer is an absolute miracle of God. Indeed. What was your belief in God at the time? I, would, I always had a firm belief in God. Keep in mind that Helen never knew that God existed. As an animal in the closet, she had never heard the word, never would have no way of conceiving of, of God. I taught her about God. I, showed, I led her to understand that there was a universal energy and that that universal energy would help her accomplish what she wanted to do. So there was never any doubt in my mind, but Helen had to absolutely be taught. There was no way that she had any conceivable understanding of God in that terrible life that she was locked into until the door was opened and that she could have 
the doorway to understanding that she could walk through. She, once she understood the energy of God, she became a believer, and that helped her understand that her disability was a blessing to others and that disabilities are a way of other people understanding that many must face challenges. But I was always very firm in my belief. Okay, we've interviewed individuals with disabilities that did not believe in God. What would you say to those people? I would say that they're totally misunderstanding what is taking place with their bodies. It would seem that a loving God would never allow such a thing to happen. But if you understand that it is to be a means for other people to learn, to have inspiration, then it becomes easier to comprehend the fact that disabilities can be a blessing. Disabilities are a lesson that need to be learned, and when that lesson's learned and those people return to heaven, they will advance because of those disabilities. And it's that advancement in heaven that is the true blessing. Indeed. Would you please tell us about your recommendations as to what the government should do to help individuals with disabilities? I would tell them that they need to do exactly what, what Helen recommended. You must have qualified teachers. People with disabilities are like sponges. They want to learn to live good lives. They do not want to be a burden to anyone. They want to learn to function normally, as normally as possible, to hold jobs, and to be able to pursue lives as any other individual would pursue a normal life. The government needs to fund. They need to set up homes where people with disabilities of advanced ages can live and can function until the time comes to return to heaven. The government, with all the wealth that they have, should make it possible that the relatives of people with disabilities will understand that that person will be taken care of for all of their days in this life. The government needs to provide security. The government needs to have individuals that understand the problems of disabilities. Throwing money at a problem is often not the answer. Throwing money at the proper answer, then you can have progress. So the government, they do many things that we do not agree with over here. Hopefully, they will change their attitude. As Helen said, people with disabilities often do not have the access to high-paid lobbyists, such as other individuals looking for money. They need to look past the fact that they can do good without being rewarded. You've given us a lot of good things to think about there. 
What do you consider the very most important action that you could take? Immediately setting up educational institutions simply for people that want to teach individuals with disabilities. Setting up a system of payment that individuals that are dedicating their life to helping others do not have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Making retirement programs possible for those teachers so that they know after they can no longer physically help instructing the individuals with disabilities that they will be able to live a successful retirement. Uh, and at the age of 35, you became totally blind. How did that affect your relationship with Helen? At that point, there was less that I could do to help her. I could not see the written words that I could pass them on to her any longer. So she had to rely on others. Thankfully, there were other people that were there to help her and to assist her. She lived a long and beautiful life and helped innumerable people in that life. Sadly, there was a time that I could not be as big a help, but I was still her companion. I still let her know that I supported her, and there were things that I could still tell her. I could understand Braille, so I could read those books that were in Braille and pass the information on to her. But sadly, total blindness did curtail much of the help that I could do for her. What do you think about the movie, The Miracle Worker, and how Anne Bancroft portrayed you in the movie? I thought she did a good job. She was a spectacular actress, and I think The Miracle Worker did a lot to help others. I wish that they would redo the movie currently so that many other people would be reminded of what Helen actually accomplished. That's actually a very good idea. What would you tell any of our listeners that have disabilities? I would tell them that they have to have faith. They need to build a foundation of belief in God. That's the first thing they, they must do. I would tell them that they need to use all of the benefits that are available to them. They need to have people they trust. They need to understand that they are absolutely equal with anybody else in this world and that they can accomplish anything that they put their minds to. And thank you so much for joining us. Do you have a final message for us? Absolutely. First of all, I would like to thank the two of you for trying to bring the information that we hold in our hearts to, to your listeners. Hopefully somebody out there will understand that there's much to be done. People with excess wealth should contemplate giving funds to institutions that help people with disabilities. There are many, many good funds out there, good charities. There are charities that truly understand it, the Foundation for the Blind. They understand what is needed. They do, they, all of these institutions are underfunded. If an individual would give the money that they were thinking on spending on their next yacht to one of these institutions, they could do so much good for the world. 
the government has to look differently at people with disabilities. They have to understand the great equality of these people. Their souls are exactly the same as others, and you will receive benefit for helping those souls. People with disabilities need to understand that it can be a blessing in how they treat those disabilities for others. People will look at them and see how they handle those disabilities. They need to remain positive. They need to remain without anger. They need to understand that it is the will of God that those people have those disabilities. It's a challenge that they need to meet. It's a challenge that they need to face. And they are challenges that they will find their rewards for when they return home. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for allowing me to speak. I hope that we will be able to talk to others. Thank you so much. Okay. Another wonderful session. People, please pass these on to others. They will thank you for it. Next week, we're going to interview three famous people that fought in World War II. They didn't have to do it. They did it because they loved their country. We're going to speak with James Stewart, the actor, Audie Murphy, Medal of Honor winner that became an actor, and President Kennedy. You know what he went through in the war? These people are going to have wonderful messages for us next week. We'll discuss how they participated in that war and what they see taking place today and ask them to predict the future for us. My 10th book, Modern Messages of the Archangels, is now available for purchase. It's on Amazon. It's on my website, barrystrom.com. We channel 20 different archangels, and this book is a compilation of all of their messages that they gave to us. It's an incredible document. If you purchase that book, read those messages, you will learn much about heaven, what takes place over there, what God expects of you, and it could help your life. I would like to thank all of you for joining us today on the Voice America Variety Radio Network. Please tell your friends about our show. Word of mouth is by far the best advertising. If you'd like to see more of our channelings, we have 510 videos covering all aspects of the afterlife on our YouTube channel in Barry's name. Okay. Please join us each Tuesday morning. We're here at 9 a.m. Pacific time on the Voice America Variety Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Spirit Speak, exploring the afterlife with Connie and Barry Strom. Tune in next week for another informative and inspiring episode on the Voice America Variety Channel at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Thank you.